When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by sidekick Josh. Not psychic Josh, as half the, pretty much all the listeners have been believing for the last, how long have you been in this podcast, Josh? Three and a bit years. Three and a bit years. You're not, as far as I'm aware, psychic. Although, although it is Halloween today. I thought you were going to say, although you predicted a correct score last week. Oh yeah, you did. Got, well the, um, yeah. got the Southampton score in the cup, right? Triumph. Well done. Did so you are semi-psychic. Mm, yeah, half the time. But the re- I've always called you Sidekick Josh in yeah. a wry comical reference to yeah. Psychic Simon, who's an Alan Partridge character. And I, so, so it's a kind of way of alluding to the fact that I am a kind of Alan Partridge-esque presenter, you know, in some ways. And, and that's why I called you Sidekick Josh. But I'm honoured. Yeah, thanks. But Psychic, yeah. Literally half the listeners have tweeted me to tell me that they thought you were Psychic. Well, it's kind of them to message. Yeah. So you're here. Uh, we're also joined by the great Charlie Eccleshare, who is, second week in a row, a proper football journalist. Hello. Hi, Charlie. Hi. First time on the podcast, though. Indeed. Welcome. We should clap. Welcome. Should clap, babe. Newbie, you write for Her Majesty's Daily Telegraph. I do. And you wrote the official match report, which I read, um, for the Arsenal game on Saturday, didn't you? I did, yeah. It was, it was very good. I thought, very interesting. And then you had some topics you discussed, like, um, off the top of my head... Was there one about how um, it was about Giroud and yeah? Well, it was kind of about um, having that Plan B, which we having didn't have against B. Middlesbrough. Yes, um, but you are also an Arsenal fan. Is that you're allowed to say that? I uh, I will confess. Yes, yeah. I am. Arsenal I mean, obviously, you're going to get loads of shit from Spurs and Chelsea fans on Twitter. And I do anyway, but, so that's fine. Right, all football journalists do. I might <laughs> mention, I'll ask you about that later. And we're joined by the legendary Alex Finn. I always say the legendary Alex Finn because Alex, <laughs> not true. you are. Alex has written many many books about Arsenal. How many books have you written about Arsenal? A couple have been with Spurs. In, oh, yeah, and there was the Arsenal-Spurs one. Yeah. But uh, just Arsenal books three. Three. And the current one is called Arsenal, with, a, with an accent on the E. Yeah. The Making of a Modern Super Club, which you wrote with Kevin Witcher. And it's on its fourth reprint, is that Eighth. Right? Eighth. 
reprint. Oh my god! Wow. And there's it's, there's a new version yes. out now, just come out with four new chapters. Yes, the choice was reprinting an old version which ended in 2011, or bringing it up to date. So there's four new chapters and a postscript which takes it right up to the end of the transfer window in September. Wow, that's, last month. That's good work. Hard work. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, very hard work. And if you people can buy it, so this is out now in paperback. Full price is eight ninety nine. But if you go to www.visionsp.co.uk, which is the publisher's website, yeah. and you put in a special code AW for Arsene Wenger, yeah. you can get it for £6. Pounds. Instead, of Instead of eight ninety nine. Instead of eight ninety nine, A yeah. whole two ninety nine. if I've done my maths correctly. And we should say, you, I hope you're going to kindly sign one, which we're going to give away in the competition. I you've... promise you it'll be worth less. If I can. <laughs> oh, no, no, not true. Not true. We'll yeah, be delighted we'll and we'll, we'll take a photo of it and put it on the Twitter. And we yeah. should say, obviously, we sent Connor... And his friend Joe, who went up to Sunderland oh, yeah. as a competition yes. winner for last week. What a nice win they had, which we'll come on to. A triumphant win, yeah. Mm. We'll come on to that. There's lots to discuss. Um, yeah, there's the, there's the triumph um, in the end. There's the Giroud factor. There's, um, there's this North London derby coming. We'll be actually being filmed by French television today. This is great. Is huge Fabian's honor. here watching Fabian us. is here. And he wants us to move on, but we're mentioning it anyway. Um, and I'm going to be interviewed afterwards about my thoughts about the North London derby. You ever been on French TV before, boys? Um... Do you know what I might have been, actually? I don't know why I say that, but in my distant memory, I think I was interviewed by French TV for some news story. I, don't, I can't remember what it was. Est-ce something que, more showbiz. possible que je parle en français? Oh, here we go. Mais je parle avec un accent impeccablement anglais. Extraordinary. Charlie, how's your French? Do you know what? I can't speak a word of French, <laughs> Alex. What did I said I speak with an impeccable English accent, according to Arsene Wenger. Ah, fantastic. See? See, Alex actually knows and has hung out with and interviewed and talked to Arsene Wenger. It's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, so we'll talk about Alex and what's in the new and the new updates in his book as well. We'll talk about that. Yes. Um, and also, I wanted to mention now Hillary Clinton is a gooner. Did you see that today? No. Yes, Hillary Clinton went to um, a Arsenal bar in Miami during the middle of her campaign over the weekend when they just they showed the match or were about to show the match and everyone started chanting. They were literally, you, there's a picture of it in the mirror. Uh, maybe it's a picture in the Telegraph, so I don't know. But I saw it on the Mirror Football um, tw- tw- tweet. There's a picture of her in the middle of loads, dozens of Arsenal fans with Arsenal banners up and they started chanting Hillary Zaguna. How good is that? That's incredible. Yeah. Is that going to sway it, do you think? I think it could do. <laughs> and it needs to be swayed because right now she's getting loads of shit about this whole, you know, email thing and everything. And I, uh, yeah, so she needs all the help she can get. So all Arsenal fans in America, I think, who, who, any listening now should vote we for her. We do get listeners in America. We do. Every, every week. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes, because this podcast usually goes up at like 10, 11 p.m. Mm. on the evening, sometimes it seems to be the first feedback we get is from the American yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. who are sort of... Yeah, yeah, five, eight hours behind. So, American listeners, I say you should vote for Hillary. Obviously, I think all Arsenal fans would vote for Hillary because they're not idiots and they're not going to vote for Donald Trump, who I imagine, I'm guessing, is a Chelsea fan. I feel like, you know, the Russian thing, you know, he loves a big dodgy oligarch, doesn't he? I, I imagine, he, do you think he's Chelsea fan? Do you think you're Alex? Do you think? I agree. Unfortunately, the sound isn't picking up my smile. Uh, yeah, you did your witty remark. Thank you. Thanks, Steady. Thank we, you very much. Not a good time to point out Chelsea have got a slightly better record against Arsenal than, than the other way around of late. We'll hope oh, it doesn't God. transfer into yeah, your don't analogy. Say that. Don't say that. So, so September maybe was an omen. Fine, fine. True. Right. Yeah, yeah, we've turned that round. Yes, so. we have turned that round. Thank you for reminding me, Charlie. Um, so it's, it's Halloween, but... Um, Let's talk about your so your um, match report was very interesting and the whole and a lot of people say oh, my my first thing I want to talk about is 
a lot of people are saying, you know, Giroud came on and scored those goals, and some people are saying he changed the match. I surely not. I mean, surely it was a case of we should have got a penalty for a start. Sanchez, that was a clear penalty, wasn't it, when he was pulled back? If he'd have scored that penalty, then we wouldn't have been. Then we would have been fine, and we wouldn't have had to rely on Giroud coming on. And surely Giroud coming on and scoring a couple of goals, great. Can't re- can't wipe out years and years of mediocrity. Partly down to him being up front and us having to work with him rather than a fluid, fast-pacey attack. Yeah, discuss. I, I, I think Giroud. I've I've always thought it, it. It's almost it's not his fault in a way. He's always been our main striker. I think he no. would be perfect as a kind of wilted Carnu cult hero coming on as a sub and scoring goals like he did on Sunday. He, he's in the four years he's been our main striker. He's never really been good enough. Um, but you know, Sunday Saturday rather was provided that cameo he came on he changed things up um who knows we, we may have won without him anyway i mean we were well on top but it definitely gave us a fresh impetus and just gave the, their defenders something different to think about i think that was the yeah. problem with the middlesbrough game they just had the same thing to think about all game and you know mm. lucas perez coming on didn't really change what they had to deal with stylistically no. which highlights wenger's bad mistake in not buying sanchez because when sanchez stayed he got something like 31 goals along with Sturridge's, uh, Sturridge's 23. So Giroud's 16 in 36 that season would have been maintained. Suarez would have hit 30-odd. Arsenal would have won the title. And why wasn't he bought? Because Wenger was very obstinate on this particular deal. Mm. The only thing there, we might not have got Ozil had we signed uh, Suarez that summer. So so what, we would have won the league with Suarez though wouldn't we even if we hadn't have got who Ozil. knows <laughs> I like the fact that you brought up the Suarez because that's still ra- a controversy raises about that, that thing well, well, like, I, but some people say like agree with you but others say that you know it was, it's a complete myth that 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 we that us bidding that pound over the release clause that yeah was was a red herring and that you know they were never going to sell to anyone because didn't their chief exec he went he said you know we would never have sold him anyway no, no matter what he said what, what are they smoking over mm-hmm. there right the what are they smoking over there that's but right. opinion is that if Arsenal had offered fifty million they'd have got him really and Wenger was was told by people who should have forced the issue mm. if you really want him. Spend fifty million, and Wenger refused to go more than forty and a pound. Wow! Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably happened quite a lot over the years, isn't it? That he hasn't quite bid enough money to get the really, really big players. Well, Iguain was another one. Iguain, yeah, exactly. That was earlier in the same season. In more positive news, we went <laughs> top of the table on Saturday, yeah, we did. didn't we, boys, briefly, yes. before Man City scored yes. a hat full at West Brom. Yeah. And, I mean, Giroud last year, obviously, you've gone on and on about how Theo Walcott was so brilliant at the start of last season when he was up front and he yep. played so well at Leicester in that, yep. that big victory. Always play best football without Giroud. But when always. Giroud came back, in the set, he scored goals and, and maybe some, you know, break, he's got a point to prove because he's... Not, he's definitely not been forgotten about being out injured, but he's come back in the team. And to score two goals with your first two touches is exceptional. Oh. And it felt like the team... That surely gives the team a lift to know that he's the option coming off the bench because the last couple of weeks there hasn't been that, as, as Charlie I, was saying. I think that's fine. I, th- I think he'd be great super sub. I think we need him as our... I, well, I worry. My main worry is that that cameo, which helped us win the game, blah, blah, blah. I, I, do, I, don't th- I think we would have won the game anyway. I worry that Wenger's going to completely forget 
you know, the last few years where we've been playing pretty mediocre football, very predictable, lumbering football. And I'm not, it's, not, it's not completely his fault, but when you do have him on his own up front, you do play in a certain way to his strengths. Whereas now, in this season, without him, we've been fluid, we've played our best football for years. And you can't just forget that in one game because we weren't scoring and then he came on and scored two goals. And I do, I really, really worry that we're going to suddenly revert to that and it's not good enough I don't think our team is good enough with him as our lone striker up front I'll be interested to hear Charlie's view but I, I don't think we're going to suddenly revert to this Giroud being the first of I, I think Suarez has not Suarez um, <laughs> Sanchez Sanchez has Sanchez so Suarez much. it's easy to easy. <laughs> initially then you corrected yourself to be fair oh, I was about to correct you and then you corrected yourself Alex oh, right. <laughs> Sanchez has done enough in the first 10 <laughs> yeah. weeks of the season yeah. to, to undoubtedly show that no that has been a, a strong very good option for Arsenal to have this season but I think in Giroud we will possibly see him I mean he could start tomorrow night in Bulgaria and there'll be various games but I think for our our default tough games that are to come this season it will be Alexis Sanchez playing playing up front with Giroud the option should we need Ian Wright go on sorry well I think there are two things one is that you need to have it's not in either or and that's the problem we've had is that we basically have played one way I think it's Mm. great that we can play one way we can play another I think the key as well is that if Giroud is to start starting games regularly it's because he's earned it by scoring goals what I think Arsenal fans fear is that as so often has happened in the last few years, players seem to get their place by default because we run out of players through injury or unavailability or whatever it is. And, and whereas this season, you know, you've had someone like Iwobi, yeah, injuries gave him the chance, but then he nailed it and held on to his place. I think Kieran Gibbs might do the same, you know, take yeah, his chance right. on one yeah. way out. And yeah. I think... Yeah, that's a good point because last season, when Giroud was not scoring for like 10, 11 games, he was still playing Because we had nothing Week else. after week after week, yeah. I mean, he could have, yeah. I mean, it, that that was frustrating. Do you think Ian Wright said? I don't know if you saw on on the on the coverage on the Sky coverage. He said he thinks that Giroud and Sanchez could be a two up front together. So do I. Yeah, I think in the Premier League today you need two up front um, unless you have an exceptional player like um, maybe there there aren't that that sort of player in the Premier League. And I really think going back to what I said earlier. If uh, if you'd have had two up front, Giroud's goal tally wouldn't have been impaired, but mm. somebody else would have brought another twenty, and Arsenal would have won the title. Because he has, has does rigidly stick to this 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 kind of form, this uh, formation, doesn't he? Fairly. I mean, some, some some I wrote an article this season that said that you could describe our, our formation as a bit four four two, as a quasi four four two, with like Theo and like revolving player in support of Sanchez, but an actual kind of proper 4-4-2 so with two up front in that way he hasn't done for years and years and years and seems completely against it for some reason. yeah there aren't many teams that play it some do and but I think as well we have benefited from that greater fluidity because what you've seen is Ozil, Walcott and Sanchez all running beyond right. the last defender right. I mean often Sanchez drops and it's Walcott who's actually playing more or less as the number nine um Again, it, it may be that he uses it for certain games or that you see us going to four four two when we're chasing a game. How would you describe Barcelona's formation? <sighs> uh, <laughs> 4-3-3. Three, three. Sure, and we could have had one of those three. Yeah, he probably would have left by now. But yeah, we would, we would have exactly. had him for a bit. <laughs> exactly. Enough of that now. Enough of that. In fact, yeah. before we go on, we're going to go to a quick ad break.
And we're back. Um, is, I mean, and that, the game on, apart from anything, yeah, we, did, we did go top. We played well. What are you going to say, Josh? Well, I was only going to say. Open mouthed with, about to interrupt. Because I've always found it so funny. Wenger talks about mental strength. Even when there has definitely yeah. been games where we seem to have not shown mental strength. He, he talks about it so much. I'd be interested to hear what Alex thinks about that. Because actually, Saturday was an example where we've been so in control of the game out of nowhere. It's, it's 1-1 and it, it sort of brings back these memories of games we've thrown away and not killed off. But then we were absolutely brilliant for 25 minutes and it did show that mental strength, maybe. I'm not sure it shows mental strength. I think it, it epitomises what he believes in, that if you pick the right players and you give them confidence, they'll, they'll do you proud. And that's what's happened. Arsenal have played very well because the players have had confidence and there's been no real threat to their position other than them believing that they've got to live up to the performances that Wenger thinks they're capable of. In terms of mental strength, Arsenal have always lacked it since, well, since uh, in terms of the best mental strength was obviously Vieira, and then previously the defence he inherited. But he's gone away from that, and he's gone away from that for wrong reasons, I think. But do you, do you not think people seem to be agreeing? I, I don't know what you think, Charlie, about this year's team being a bit more sturdy. There is a bit more about them. We don't look vulnerable, and that we're going to roll over. Yeah, I, I think, think. Sorry, I think the key thing about this year's team is for the first time in years, yeah. every position is covered mm. twice. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And that's the important thing. And maybe that gives you the confidence and the the, the way that they're playing with such fluidity. But mental strength, it's not there. Talking about covering, I noticed the other day after the cup game against Southampton, we'd played three different goalies in three successive games, yeah. which yeah, I thought was incredible. And I looked at, I thought that's exciting. Mm. I wonder when the last time that happened, and then realised it was a month before when <laughs> Arsenal did that oh. in Nottingham Forest. And the Still Champions impressive League game, though. Talk yeah. about the mental strength. Maybe players like Xhaka and El Nenny, maybe those kind of stronger, yeah, tougher I, players. They're kind of stronger and tougher, aren't they? In, in terms of, I think Xhaka has real bite about him. He, he reminds me of Manu Petit. He's got a bit mm, of nastiness yeah. to him, sometimes too much. I think Kostafi's a big one. By all yes. accounts, he's come into that dressing room. He's very direct. He tells it like it is. Um, yeah, he was funny talking about Meza Ozil uh, recently. Wenger said that Ozil scores what he wants in training and Kostafi, very matter-of-factly, said, no, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> and it, so he looks like a big one there, mm. as does Xhaka. Coquelin as well. You know, for the first time, we, we do have the option of playing with two quite tough uh, yeah. central midfielders. Um, it, it also makes you think, doesn't it? You know, Wilshire is out on loan, but... he. We're not really thinking that we're any lack of depth. Even Ramsey coming back is like. Yeah, I mean, midfield is. We've had yeah. so we've got an embarrassment, yeah. really. Yeah, there. midfield is players that we can. He has bring piled in. up the midfielders, and he possibly, some would say, the expense of up front, for example, where you know. Possibly, I still think I still feel we're slightly, you know, because if Sanchez gets injured, you know, I think you know it could all go horribly wrong. And we did, we missed Theo surely. On Saturday, we, oh, I'm banging much. the table. Oh, we on did. My theory point. He, he's absolutely key to that formation. You saw against PSG uh, without Theo away, and Alexis played as the nine. And because he dropped so deep with no one's running behind, right. it was so easy for them to defend. Yeah. And that was actually my big fear on Saturday that the same thing would happen. As it turned out, Sundon was so inept that it didn't matter so much. Yeah. Um, we've also got Danny Welbeck to come back, who's kind of a yeah. forgotten man. But he's, I think, he's a great option to have um, as an alternative, or possibly even a starter, as he did towards the end of last season yeah completely yeah he was in good form Danny Welbeck before he, before he got do you think Alex as we're going to we'll talk about you but do you think as you said the squad is stronger than yeah. it's been for a long long time it's, you know in, in, in living memory we've got we've got 
got a kind of handful of massive stars that are kind of, st- you know, like the Urzils yeah. and the Alexises are playing really well most of the time. Do you think, like, now we actually are in a position to compete as we should be with the, re- the other elite clubs with our, with our rivals? Up to a point. I just worry that, that when it gets to the level that, that you're suggesting we should compete at, mm. that Arsenal lack the leadership qualities, they lack the mental strength, they've got the ability... But will the players always perform to that? And I don't think Wenger is the man in this way that the Premier League has changed with the managers who've come in. I think he's still, you know, one, one step forward, two behind, and they're making three steps forward. But when you see, look at the other managers, like Pep, Pep Guardiola, um, I mean... Jose has been a complete, well, as we speak, he's being, is a complete disaster and seems to be like blowing up in the same way they took him like two or three years to do it at previous clubs yeah. with Man United. And you know, you, you, know people, you might have assumed, oh, he was, he's right now a much better manager on paper than Arsene Wenger. And he's, you know, he's re- achieved championships in recent yeah. years. But maybe, maybe this current season is proving that not to be the case. Well, it's, the biggest surprise to me is what's happened to Manchester United and the way that he's performed. Yet, um, I think there are managers who have come to terms with what's required in the Premier League, and I don't think Arsene has yet, if we're talking about winning titles and winning championship leagues. What is the thing that he hasn't come to terms with? What, in what sense? Well, real politic. Um, I think he's got a, he's got a lead, um, and I don't think he is. I, I think his great strength is... he doesn't. Of course, he beats himself up, and I can tell you a story, um, or I will if given time later, mm. about how defeat hurts him personally, mm. and how if you go out to dinner with him, I'm telling it now, if you go out to <laughs> go dinner, and if you go out to dinner with him, it turns into a, a monologue, not a dialogue, because he is so consumed by the defeat. So what does he do? Tomorrow is another day to chat with David, David Dean, or Borrow Primarac, but nobody challenges him. And he himself admits that I don't have a monopoly on the truth. But these other great managers, we're talking about Guardiola and Conte and um, Klopp. Mourinho and Klopp. Yeah. All of these people have people who they surround themselves with people of quality who will challenge them. And that's Wenger's greatest fault, I think. I'd be interested, Alex, your view, because some people have suggested if Arsenal were to win the title this season, then that'd be a wonderful yeah. moment for Wenger to step down. But then the other argument has been actually it might inspire him that he's still got it, that he can still take a team to the top and therefore he should stay. Just from knowing him in the way you do and having written such about him, which, which do you think is the more likely? Well, I'll tell you his day. His day is... Um, it's, he's on a, a big gated residence now. He moved 200 yards down the road from the family home in Totteridge to a gated residence beloved of his players. But there's been marital problems, so he's rambling around in this house on his own and the way he spends his time he gets up in the morning 6 30 goes to the gym he goes for a workout and then he puts on the most important piece of equipment his stopwatch and he rushes over to the training ground and that's his day that's his life his life is being with the players training them encouraging them improving them so you, you can't think if 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 um, if he left in any way, if he if of his own accord or whatever, I mean that's the only way it's going to happen, isn't it? Let's face it, it yeah. would be empty. His life would be empty. But his, yes, indeed. I mean, it, the, there would be no compensation um, because he wouldn't have the control he has at Arsenal at any other club in the world, and a national team manager wouldn't suit him because you only have to perk yourself up half a dozen times in a season. 
So, you know, he yeah. would be bereft mm. if he wasn't managing Arsenal. Charlie, do you recognise that, that, that kind of a version of Wenger? Because you, you must see him in press conferences. and Yeah, by all accounts, that is he's totally consumed by it and you know he spends his life as as Alex says um you know training and living for it and watching game you know watching match after match on his huge satellite from all over the world um but I but I think to some extent that's true of all football managers now you you hear about the young guys like Pochettino and Eddie Howe and they're getting up super early and working around the clock Pep Guardiola is complete obsessive as well um I think that's the nature of it and maybe it will but yeah, as you say, the problem is, are the club ever going to stay? And do you think it's true that he doesn't have people around him that are, that are kind of criticising him or just pointing out things, you know, questioning him, whereas those other kind of super managers maybe do? Like, that point might be keen, right? Definitely. I, by all accounts, he he's you know fairly autocratic at Arsenal. He, he does what he wants. He's, he's been there for so long. He's so trusted. There's no one really telling him no. Um, and I think that's been the case for, for, the, for a while now. I once asked Peter Hill Wood, have you ever known David Dean to disagree with Arson? And he shot back, never. So D- David, David is- Dean is considered the one who, in the glory days, was, was not challenging, but at least kind of saying, why don't we buy this player, for example, or mm. no? David didn't challenge him, but David was an asset that they greatly, greatly miss. Um, between the two of them, they bought nine out of the 11 Invincibles. You know, the only two that came yeah. through were... Um, the people who came through from the youth side. Uh, so he is greatly missed. He did what Arson described. David does my dirty work for me because David loved the negotiation and he prided himself on a, as being a very strong salesman. And between the two of them, uh, you know, they, they built mm. great teams. Mm. So he is missed. And this is what perplexes me, um, that I've said to David... You know, Arson is the master of all he surveys. Why hasn't he asked you to come back? Because we know he needs your help in the transfer market. Dick Law is a very good conduit, but three heads in this case would certainly be better than two. And Arson doesn't have the time that he used to have. Why has he never asked you to come back? And David said, well, it's never come up, the subject. But do you think it's maybe because, like, the Stan Kroenke, Ivan Gazidis era or that you know they're that kind of those people in power wouldn't want him back because they're doing they've but it doesn't matter if arson wants him back he'd come back right that's what i believe and i and i find it absolutely well if david had been back Mm. we would have had situations like don't worry about you know the the 50 million i'll go to the board about that Mm. don't worry about alonso uh, you know, about killing Danielson, which is <laughs> classic. It's a classic, isn't yeah. it? They, yeah. I'd deal with the board. Right. And I really believe David, if he'd come back, he would have changed. He would mm. have been emboldened. He would have challenged Arsenal more, which he didn't in the past. He didn't need to in the past because mm. the two of them worked as a magic duo. In your book, uh, so in, in the new stuff in your book, have you talked about, I mean, obviously we've just been through the whole 20-year kind of celebration commemoration there were some interesting interviews with him and there was the agm tribute to him and everything do you do you touch upon that and that you know how how it's changed now from the glory i call the glory days when he was when we were in championships basically to now and why and how that all changed no oh okay <laughs> good i'm glad i asked that question <laughs> no but but what we do do is yes. to try and what do you do oh. <laughs> try and take you inside the way that arson works Right. and the way that he lives. For example, um, David is 
is a great fan of the theatre. He can't drag arson to the theatre. He says the best car to buy, is uh, if you can afford it, is arson's second-hand Merc or Lexus, because it doesn't go anywhere. So are those two still good friends then? They, they socialise? They talk twice a week. They twice see week. each other probably once a week. You can imagine what they talk about. You know, they don't. They may well talk about the American election because arson's interest in politics. Yeah. But first and foremost, they'll spend two hours on the team. But if David was in there, I just really think that he would challenge him more these days. Mm. And that's what arson needs above all. Mm. So, so I've been told. Oh, here we go. That uh, there's a two-year deal on the table ready for him to sign right. and it's not impossible where results to go very well over the next couple of weeks that it could be signed so I think I think we might have some news sooner than we think yeah. I don't think this is going to drag and he's not he the said- sort of man that is going to let it go towards the end of the season because I think can you imagine the pressure on those players if he got to April and mm. he said I'm le- leaving and there were three games to go over the campaign and those players had to deal with the pressure going this is his last three games at Arsenal Football Club I don't think that's the way to do it so either I think we'll know pretty soon whether he is going to stay or that I think more likely that he's signing a two-year extension. That's what I've been told. But we did have that situation in 2014 where it felt like that. Yeah, that whole yeah. FA Cup final felt almost like a Wenger playoff. Mm. And, yes. and, and that but probably, it feels on different terms. And if terms. we'd have lost, he, he probably would have... Well, he said, he said that, hasn't he? He said, in fact, in one of the press conferences, that if we had lost, he would definitely have thought Well, about David it. thinks if he'd have lost, right. he'd have gone. Right. But that would feel like a very different circumstance because that would have been almost leaving in, in a degree of failure. What he decides to do now... Because yeah, th- we've won those FA Cups, because we've kept in the top four every year. <laughs> right. Of course, success is viewed. So, well, you're we saying, right? Wait a minute. Let me just get this clear. You're telling me that in the, some point soon in this season, where we're currently near the top, you know, joint top on, on you know, with, in, in terms of, but you know, it could all go horribly wrong as it does. It has done every year, every recent times at some point, and we go through a bad patch and we end up not being able to compete. You're saying they're going to assume we're going to be fine, and they'll offer him a new contract before you find out. The two-year deal has actually, been offered. I'm very confident on that from what right. I've been told and I just think, think if results go well in the next couple of weeks it, it could be signed oh god <laughs> Charlie, what I've, you- I've heard that there there is a the, the deal is there for him if he wants it I'd be very surprised if it was signed soon but you never know because he has indicated doesn't he that he wouldn't sign he's kind of said in interviews that he will he wants to leave it till close to the end of the season hasn't he I, mean, I definitely get that impression you think I think he's given mixed messages on it and I think he hasn't been sure but I, I think it, we, we are soon to be sure he is, he's shown again he's got a team capable of competing and that a, must inspire him in some way yeah but you know we're competing and uh, capable of competing and actually competing are two different things yeah I mean we're no different really from where we were this time a year ago but it comes right. back to our support if he's decided that so the only you know clearly an England job might be a potential avenue come the end of a season no, no. but if he has decided he doesn't want that like we're told yeah. then if he wants to stay in football where is he he's not why would he leave exactly so I think he stays so I don't know if there's a better market do you out think there, on, on, on the leaving point though is, wouldn't it like the fact that he was prepared to leave at the end of that if we hadn't won that, that that's cup. because the criticism really right, got to him right it was really grinding him, him down yeah. yeah but wouldn't it grind him down again if he went through that whole thing all over again for like the 7th 8th ninth year in a row <laughs> yeah if, if that happened but do, do people at this point in the season think that's going to happen I, I really believe they don't I really believe that if they fail this season they'll fail gloriously as opposed to last season where they failed abysmally mm. So you're confident that we will compete in terms of, you know, I, I there or thereabouts? Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, the, my only worry is, as I said, I, the lack of leadership, the lack of mental yeah. strength, whatever he says. And I think the other coaches and the other teams, particularly Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester City, have it. And they have it in mm. spades. 
But that could be the crucial thing, couldn't it? That it could, that, yeah, it's, it's also interesting to say that if we fail gloriously, that would be enough because we we did finish second last season, which is easy to forget. You know, it, obviously we didn't get close to winning we, we the league f- by the end. Forgive me, interrupting. We finished, Charlie. We, we finished second because Tottenham finished third in a two-horse race, yeah. and th- that's what they did. They imploded. Absolutely, but what I mean is, I, I think fans. I'm not sure they would be satisfied by just coming close to winning the league. You Maybe some would. I think I think, some I, would. I yeah. think more. I, I've always said that I, I just want us to compete properly. Exactly. Which we haven't done for exactly. a long time. Yeah. That's I, the I, point. I would be. I mean, and I've you know, and ten, I, ten years going out in the last sixteen is yeah, this going right. to be ten years? Right. Exactly. There's that as well. I mean, I, tomorrow night could go somewhere. Yeah, I keep so forgetting. I'm, I'm about to talk about to ask everyone about the the North London. Well, I've got a flight in about ten hours. So uh, where are you going? Bulgaria. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. Good. That's yeah. good. I'm glad someone's going. Yes. To that game, we need to talk about that before we talk about Ludogorets and um, the Spurs game. And one question I wanted to ask you, actually, I'm sure I've asked you before, but I need to ask it. Again, because it came up again recently in, the whole, in that whole celebration of Wenger's 20 years. And in fact, it came up in an interview that Thierry Omri did with him on right. Sky. I don't know if you saw it. And he said, this has now become a thing that he says a lot, that he could not have spent more money pretty much than he did in the, in the stadium years, in the, in the redeveloping of the, of the creation of the Emirates and all of that. Because it was affecting Arsenal's budget, but I'm I was I'm told constantly by people in the know that in fact that was totally his choice, it was. and that actually the Arsenal that there was a totally separate deal to build the stadium and all the financing right. of that, and we're still paying off that debt. Yes. This old myth that that debt's paid off. It was not going to be paid off for years because it's a hugely long period of time. Yeah, but we but separately there was he could have spent more money on players and didn't need to be so tough on himself, on the spending thing. And another manager, I don't know, like say if Pep or, I don't know, loads of other managers had been charged with us would have asked for more money to spend on players. Well, one can refute that in several ways, but I'll choose two. Good. Firstly, um, Danny Fisman, the late lamented Danny Fisman, said yeah. to him more or less jokingly over, over a dinner, Arson, what would you do if I gave you 100 million? It's during the period you're talking about. Yeah. And Arson said, I'll give it to you straight back. And secondly, Arsenal last made a loss in 2002. It's a nonsense. We well, hear all this. They didn't have the money when the stadium was first built. They had the money. He yeah. chose not to. Yeah. It, was, it really annoys me, that myth, because it's like, why is it... I just feel well, he can't... He's got to stop saying it, because it's just... It's, I mean, I don't like the fact that he's basically lying to us. He knows that he, he cocked it up, I think. He knows that... Well, he chose to go for young players and potential yeah, right. because right. he knew that would please the board. Right. That they would qualify, perhaps, for the Champions League. That was the be-all and end-all. He himself, he said, the first trophy is finishing fourth. Mm. It's a nonsense. Right. And I don't Arsenal think- should never be in that no. league. Arsenal should always be going to win the Premier League and the Champions League. And it upsets me when people trot out this thing that they didn't have the money because they had no. the money. He just chose not to spend it. Do you think it. I'm being unfair, Charlie, on that? <laughs> well, it's difficult to say, but all I would say is that in, um, in let's say, 2000, people forget that Wenger did used to spend quite a lot of money with yeah. Arsenal. You know, like that yeah. 2000, the 2001 and 97, so the summers before we won those titles, yeah. he did spend quite a lot. Um, clearly, he was very preoccupied with, with the stadium. Whether he should have been or not, obviously, that's, that's up for debate. It's a fair point, but the, but the main point is that profit was prioritised before prizes. And in order to make profit, they did two things. They sold property and they sold players. And that's the only way they made a profit. They were never a net transfer spender until the last three years. So Mm. up to the last three years, until they bought Ozil, they had 
in, sorry, I, I meant a deficit in terms of transfer yeah. spending. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were net income earners from transfers. They sold players in order to make profits. Yeah, we're coming towards the end. So a lot of that, presumably, a lot of the financial situation is discussed in in the in the in the news. Yes, absolutely, and also the the point about um, Arsenal as a business. You know, to have a successful business, you first of all got to have a successful team, and the optimum business, of course, is if you win trophies. And that's why I can't understand Cronky saying, "Well, if you want to win titles, you wouldn't get into this business anyway." It's exactly the opposite. Have a successful team, you yeah. have a successful business. Oh, and I've just passed on one other thing. I once had a big argument with Arsene when he told me he was going to make Arsenal bigger than Manchester United. And I had to explain that was impossible because he didn't understand the brand that people hate people like me talking about. But a brand is something that gives you emotional and rational values. And Arsenal's a special brand, mm. but it ain't Manchester United. When did he say that? Oh, this was, must have been at least five or six years ago okay. and but that's what it, and we had an argument yeah. over that and i just told him he couldn't because but he didn't understand manchester's yeah. history because he said the whole thing about we well, want you know we're going he's going to make us one of the european super yeah we were going to challenge by munich we have, we have become a much bigger club uh, yeah, but we're not and, and the reason we're, we're not, not arguing we're not manchester united but we operate on a very Josh, different level Josh, commercially in than 2010 united. we were the biggest club in the world in terms of income from football business and property. Yeah, but those deals can be slightly warped. It's no, like no, no. Chelsea have just signed a massive 15-year deal and now Real Madrid, so it's just the deals have got bigger and bigger. No, so no. about the timing, but, it can be varied. the income from property and the Arsenal football business, we were the biggest club in the world along with Real Madrid. And Deloitte always exclude the property business. So you're not looking at the true thing. Do you think Cronkey excludes the property profits? But, but hang on, in, t- in terms of supporter awareness and debate, and th- that's what surely the brand of Manchester United has been, because of what they did in the, in the no, 1990s. It's of, no, it, Can't it's, just be, you know, oh, it, money Manchester the United goes back to the, the triumph and the tragedy, the yeah. buzz. But Arsenal equally, you know, have, have this reputation from Chapman and then the Graham years, different types of player, and now the Wenger years. So they are a very strong brand, but they are underperforming as a brand, I would argue, whilst Manchester United are having fallow years, and because of their strength in terms of history and tradition, they can afford that. Manchester United's turnover this year is still 200 million more than, Manchester, than Arsenal's. But I, don't, but I don't think Manchester United, as I look at them now... Uh, a particularly aspirational they they are a club obsessed with being big big names you know you look at the rhetoric when they signed Pogba for 90 million it wasn't Pogba's a great midfielder who will improve us in this way on the pitch it was he's a massive name it shows United are a huge club and and that's what they seem obsessed with oh. at the moment likewise a, a, appointing Mourinho he's okay. a huge name globally. but if Fenger took that approach then Arsenal would benefit because of his wisdom so at the moment we're, we're United are are spending because they believe that they can spend, they can afford to spend. It's just another commercial deal down the line. Arsenal never have that way of thinking. And if they had that way of thinking with Wenger, who is still a genius of a manager, we'd win trophies. I agree with Alex. Um, more importantly, let's move on to uh, predictions for Ludigret. So you're going to... Uh, yeah, I'm going a, out to a... Sophia. 
Having originally booked the wrong airport, you might remember we discussed that. Yeah. 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 But we are going to feel where they... the right airport. Well, because they play there. It's a bit like, I guess, Tottenham playing at Wembley. The, you know, the right. Ludigrets play at their national stadium. It's just a five-hour drive away <laughs> rather than Tottenham to Wembley. But it's a similar idea. Uh, I just saw a bit of team news. I don't know if oh, you saw yeah. this, because I think Wenger must have done his uh, press conference about half an hour ago. And he said that um, Nacho, Monreal, Hitzabellerin, Cazorla and Walker all haven't travelled. Which means that uh, presumably Gibbs and Cole Jenkinson will both be uh, and the ops. nice for Cole. He was very sweet to see his interviews after yes. sort of coming back in Southampton. Yeah. yeah I mean, we met him again. He's like such a fan. Isn't he was, you met him at the dinner. We met him at the dinner. We sat, he sat on our table at the uh, charity dinner um, at the end of the season. He was, he was incredible. I mean, he's such an Arsenal, Arsenal man and he's, love, he was, yeah, he's really sweet and funny. Yeah. It'll be nice because so he'll get yeah, a game tomorrow. But yeah, we're going out. Uh, like, I think we sold out incredibly. We're taking out two and a, two and a half thousand incredible. fans out there tomorrow. Well, I hope it's not a, like a damp squib, Josh. After I think it won't be. I mean, if we we, we really thumped them, didn't we? At yeah. home, six yeah. nil. So even with a couple of players missing. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'd say three one, three one. Because they did look like they should have scored in that first half. They were quite lively. Yeah, first half they the were end? okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think sure, they've sure, got a goal yeah. in them, but I'll go three one. Charlie, I think it'll be tight. I think we'll win by one goal. Um, I'll go one nil. One nil. I like it. Alex, this is. I won't out. give you a score, but I'll you have to. It's one of the rules of the of the is podcast. It? We have to predict. Alex. Okay. Yeah. Um, eight one to Arsenal. Eight. <laughs> That's a good prediction. We, I, I don't like think it. we've had an eight one under Wenger, no. so I like you. Want him to we've make new like, territory. Eight two. Not we didn't win. Eight, eight two. Yeah. The wrong way. <laughs> the wrong way. Something um, win under him. Yeah. Seven. Seven nil. Everton. We've had a few. We had seven nil in the end. Europe. Yeah. I was going to say because we beat them seven nil and then drew the return nil nil. Quite similar to how we beat Ludogorets six nil. I think that's why I think it could be. Which is one of the reasons that we didn't win. In the um, group, isn't it? Well, it's big, isn't often it? I'm not winning yes, the group. Yes, uh, severe, I think. Yeah. Us, that it's, it could come down to the goal difference between us and Paris Saint Germain, so a nice yeah. thumping win would, would go well. I think it's going to be 3 1 to us. Oh, you agree with More me? Imp- yeah. Is that what you said? Hmm. Oh. I, was, I usually try to go for a different prediction, so I forgot what you predicted. We haven't really talked about the North down. London Derby. We're going to talk about the North London Derby, Alex. Oh. Yes. Right. Tottenham gave me my start in, in football. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to say that I, I'm a bit of a fraud. So I, I really like the clubs who treated me well. Unfortunately, when I started off, both Arsenal and Tottenham treated me well. So um, whenever anybody asks for a prediction, I always say 4-4, because that's what I would like. It did happen once, didn't it, David Bentley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there was 5-4 as well. Yeah, the there, there are a few 4 yeah. as well, back, way back in the day but, as well. Do you still feel the rivalry is as big as it was, boy? Um, no, I think that it's bigger. It's bigger. For, I always, I feel now these days it's bigger for them. It's what twenty one years since since they since finished above, above us. It was ninety four, yeah. ninety five. So yeah. I just feel they're so resentful of that, and and that dominates their entire psyche. And last year being extraordinary. Uh, whereas we're kind of above it, aren't we? Oh. Generally, I mean, I don't want to sound like a. Like well, a well, you say we're above twat. it. Well, you say <laughs> yeah. we're above it, but then the way that fans oh, no. celebrated us finishing above them at the end of last season. But it, cause, uh, but the but whole, it meant a lot more to as them. As Alex of said, course. they finished third in the two-horse race it was astonishing it was dramatic crazy, yeah. joyous collapse but i just feel if they couldn't even finish above us then oh, oh but go on. i was about to say yeah. an unashamed plug yeah um if you read a section in oh. the new chapters you'll find out how tottenham possibly could have had arson before arsenal oh, yeah. oh, i knew arson when wow. well i knew him from 85 david Dean didn't meet him till 89 and I can tell you that there was a possibility that he could have been the Tottenham manager. Blimey. The only problem was that Irving Scholar, the then chairman, was obsessed with getting Terry Venables, which was absolutely the wrong thing, both <laughs> for his, his life in football and for Tottenham. God, if anything's going to be very different. Um, 
So yeah, so you, well, if you actually we've predicted Spurs, I mean, I'm, by the way, what I was going to say was I'm still going to be really tense, obviously, and and, and like, what time is it? 12, like 12, 12 very noon, early, yeah, twelve yeah, noon yeah. kickoff. Is that so that no one drinks? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I'm playing football before, so it's going to be a real rush. Jeez. It's quite inconvenient. Are you covering the game professionally? I'm not. No, I'll be there as a oh, fan. Be right. So be yeah, fine. Be you, you'll be there, Boyd. Of course. Yeah, because yeah, you were potentially going to be away out. for this podcast, which said, but you yeah, I was heroically get, made it. I'm um, heroically. I was going to be in New York, but I didn't go to New York in the end. Anyway, um, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to you first. You think, are you going for a four all officially? Absolutely, excellent, Charlie. If Cazorla plays, will win. Oh, is, Cazorla, is he is he coming back to fitness? Is he? Well, he could be. I mean, the last time an Arsenal player passed the fitness test must have been about a decade ago. <laughs> but, yeah, um, good point. Yeah. Uh, if if he plays, then we'll win by a goal. If he doesn't, one all. One away, Josh. Well, certainly uh, Bellerin should be back by the weekend from from the comments. I'm just looking over from what Arson has said. I think Theo be back. Um, it, it looks like they could. All, they're all possibilities. I don't okay. think any of them look too serious. And Bellerin, Bellerin, I didn't actually know anything about, but he had apparently a kick in training at the end of training. I think so from what it sounds like, Bellerin's like. a little bit of a rest. I don't think. I think he'd be playing if it was a, a, a more important right, game, right, essentially. Right. And also Jenkinson would just get really excited to get the game, <laughs> won't he? Yeah. Might as well let him. Yeah. Um, what do I think? I think it might be one-one. One, one. I'm going to defensively. Go. They've been great this season. So yeah, I don't they, think yeah. we're going to. I mean, you hope we'll have a first half like we had against, mm. you know, Chelsea or Man United last season. One of those incredible blistering 45 minutes. But I'm not quite sure we've got it against Spurs. I'm going to go for one nil. One nil to us. Yeah, to the Arsenal. Just the oldest hopeful. score. Let's remind everyone. So Arsenal, the making of a modern super club by Alex Finn and Kevin Wisher is out now, fully updated. Yeah, and uh, www.visionsp.co.uk and if you enter the code AW you get it for £6 thanks yeah. and we're going to get one signed oh, yeah. out and we'll do a competition What's on Twitter com- oh right yeah, you'll set the question on Twitter because obviously you can't think of one now yes well, so what was the first word on page 209 <laughs> no I'm joking <laughs> we won't do that we'll think out. of something we'll put it on the we'll put it on the Twitter so make yeah. sure you have a look um, what, do, what should the question be you think of one now then I can think of one oh go on right. yeah you should, absolutely you should do the question so, yeah. Yeah, so, so which club did Arsene Wenger manage before Monaco but I want it to be a question okay. that you can't just look up on the internet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. got to be a bit yeah. harder. Yeah, it's okay. got to be a random question no one can look up. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. We'll come, but, yeah. Clearly not able okay. to do it right now. No. Well, what does Wenger do on the veranda at home? Oh. When he- <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is great. I love this. This is great. He just shoots hoops. Oh, because well, you given us the answer. Question. I know that would have well, been a good question. I didn't question, want you to use it. Yeah, sorry about that. That's good. He's got so he's got a basketball hoop. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I have to say, I don't know about the new house. You certainly have one uh, of the old Fingers one. old old hoop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the stoop. I'm just thinking of titles for the podcast. We've got the new title. We've got the new title. But he wasn't as good as his wife, who actually <laughs> repre- <laughs> represented <laughs> France in basketball. This is gold really? now. Wait a minute. I was wow. thinking his wife represented France oh, in basketball. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And she was also... I mean, she exemplifies French chic. She's Which, like Catherine Deneuve. Wow. She's wonderful. So why on earth yeah. anything happened? I really don't yeah, know. sad. She's obsessed with basketball as he was football. No, no, she was obsessed with him. She did it. I mean, you know, if you can imagine Catherine Deneuve putting her side, her acting career, and and existing just for you, that's what she did. Blimey. Wow. That's what a, oh, a fascinating note to end on. Thanks, Charlie. Pleasure. Thanks Read Charlie me. in the Telegraph. And thanks, Josh. A pleasure. Good we'll luck in Lugarets. Monday, post Lugarets and post, I uh, suppose, hopefully two wins. Hopefully. Thanks. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for The Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.